Welcome to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Badass Direct Sales Mastery is a podcast for rock star direct sales moms who are determined to make their business kick ass. Jenny will share her knowledge of effective sales and recruiting techniques, tips to get what you want from your business, and will interview direct sales professionals and leaders from various companies. The interviews will give insight to how these rock stars got to where they are and where they plan to grow in the future. And now, the direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Welcome back to another episode of the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast. My name is Jenny Bellinger, and I am your host, your direct sales dom. And I have a really cool guest with me here today. I met Debbie Ronka a few months ago, and I had also heard her on as a guest on another podcast and was fascinated by what she was talking about on that podcast. So I knew I wanted to share with you guys because I know you guys will also like what she has to talk about today. So let me tell you a little bit more about Debbie. Debbie is the founder and CEO of Sequoia Transition Life Coaching, coaching you to higher heights rooted in strength and clarity. Debbie empowers women to process their transitions by using her proprietary process called real. She equips women by helping them recognize the symptoms, evaluate their inner challenges, align, and then live in a place of wholeness and clarity in their new season or direction in life. Debbie is the author of the family letter international best-selling book, which created a global movement to bring healing, bonding, and connection to families around the world. Debbie is also a certified John Maxwell coach and DISC trainer, and she is available to speak on topics of leadership, family, and spiritual topics. Welcome to the show, Debbie. Hi, Jenny. Thank you for having me. Oh, I am so glad to have you here. So I know I heard you on the Nice Guys on Business, I think back in 2020, if I remember correctly. And you were talking about the family letter and some of this transition coaching stuff. And anybody who knows when I listen to the Nice Guys on Business, I normally just listen to one or two of their episodes. And when it, when it comes to the interviews, I might listen to the first few minutes. And if they don't grab my attention, I'm moving on to the next one. I listen to every second of your interview. I loved, 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 loved it and was just fascinated by the whole process. So when you and I ran into each other at an online networking event, I was like, I remember her. That was so amazing how we reconnected there. I <laughs> loved it. I know. I seriously loved it. I was so glad because, you know, you and I were talking pre-interview and I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason and at the right time. And you and I connected and both of us were like, yes, we want to get together for this podcast interview. So Debbie, tell us a little bit about the transition coaching that you do. And, and how did you get into transition coaching? Oh, that's a great question. That's one thing I'm really passionate about in helping women. Mainly, you know, transitions are part of life. You know, we are always going to experience transition. And the question is for ourselves is, will we allow that transition to process through us? And the reason I say that, Jenny, is sometimes as women, we don't realize we're in transition. You know, mm. we could we could have symptoms of like what I call the symptoms of transition, like prolonged frustration, 
or isolation, maybe feeling burned out, loss of passion, but maybe we're not connecting that to transition. Mm -hmm. And so what we do as women, right, we want to be strong. And so we're just going to say, well, I can press through this. I can be strong. I'm going to make this happen. And rather than letting that transition actually have its way in its perfect work within you to prepare you for that next season, we push through. And sometimes we take the baggage with us to that next place that needed to be left behind. Or we make wrong decisions just because Mm -hmm. we want this season over and we make wrong decisions. So I looked back at a time in my life when I was becoming an empty nester. And that transition into going into the marketplace was a huge transition for me. And all the struggles that I had about my own insecurities about starting a business, I don't know anything, how to do that. And I let fear dominate. And ultimately, I made the decision to move forward, made some mistakes along the way. But then when I became a coach and studied transitions, I looked back and I thought, I wish I had someone who could really help me understand why I was struggling and help me process that next season in a better and more healthy way. Mm, I love that. And that to me totally resonates with me because I went through my own transition a few years ago and of course did not recognize that that's what I was going through at the time. Right. It, Cause right. You know, hindsight is 2020 in many of our cases. Um, when someone has access to someone like you, then they can begin to understand that this is what they're going through and maybe make some better and different choices, like reaching out to you, <laughs> you know, cause I wish I would have known someone like you when I was going through mine. Cause it was rough. I mean, cause the transition for me wasn't just, it was personal. It was business. It, I mean, it was literally everything in my life was changing. I mean, it, seriously, I look back at that time in my life and I go, Oh my gosh, that was a totally different human being four years ago than I am now today. And so, you know, I think going through that and, and understanding those pieces now, again, hindsight 2020, I can see all of that kind of stuff. So as people go through transition, what are some of the early identifying symptoms as you call them that they can begin to see them earlier on? Because, you know, like I said, I'm now talking to you, I'm like, oh, that's what I was going through, right? But what are some of the early ones that we can be looking for that tend to happen earlier in the process? Because I'm sure there's, I'm willing to bet there's like a process that happens with it, right? Well, I think a lot, there's a lot of different symptoms that are indicators and some of them are reflective of the type of transition that you're going through. Okay. So some people could be experiencing lack of motivation, or uh, loss of passion, rather than just stay in that place of feeling stuck, that's the time to listen and to reflect, like, why am I not motivated anymore? You know, maybe you're in a place where you've stayed too long. Maybe you need challenges in your personal growth. Maybe you're being called to something different. And that's why you've grown into this area and you're not motivated anymore. But if you don't really think into it and and look at where your life is, a lot of people just stay in that same place. Mm -hmm. And I love to look at transitions like a bridge. I always tell women, just imagine a bridge. 
And you're either about to get on that bridge and like the transition is that bridge that takes you to the other side. So what happens with some of the symptoms at the beginning of the bridge will be like if you're really burned out, you know, conflict is also a signal. You could be in a place where conflict just seems to have come up and it doesn't seem to go away. Sometimes that conflict is this, sometimes we need the conflict to make us make the choice to leave. We otherwise would not stay. Mm -hmm. So there's different things like that. You could uh, have prolonged sense of frustration or prolonged periods of anger because there's something inside of you that's being stirred up, something inside of you that's not satisfied. And you don't know why, why am I angry all the time? Like this isn't just a weekend anger. This mm -hmm. is like months of these symptoms that seem to just linger with you. And it's important, like our emotions, they speak to us, they signal, they reveal and they alert. They're trying to tell us, pay attention, let my emotions have a voice. And that's what I love to do. Like here are the emotion, what's going on in there? Why are you struggling here? And then what happens then always, there's something about transitions that magnify that inner struggle that we all have, all the challenges, uh, whether it's fear, inferiority, you know, all of those different emotions seem to magnify during transition because we're facing uncertainty. We don't quite know, like we we're sensing there needs to be a shift, but I don't know what that is. Mm -hmm. Or you may have an opportunity to go somewhere, but you're like thinking of all the reasons why you shouldn't do it. You know, and these are all the inner struggles and the challenges that come up that going back to that bridge, you find yourself in the middle now. And this is where I call the messy middle, where all those challenges are coming up and you have a choice now in the middle of that bridge. You're either going to keep going across the bridge to find out what's on the other side, to experience new opportunity, growth, whatever, like maybe there's a, a dormant dream that's coming alive as you're going across this bridge. Or you could stay in that messy middle and just continue to stay frustrated. Or you have the option to just go right back to the other side of the bridge where you started, which is not the good choice because you're going to wind up choosing comfort over challenge. And so that's if I can get women to see the bridge and the different stages mm -hmm. and get them out of that messy middle, help them discover the roots and the reasons behind all those challenges and struggles so they can get to that other side and wholeness and clarity. I love that. And as you're talking about all of this, you know, I'm thinking back to when I was going through my transition, I think because I did a lot of it, I didn't do it alone because I did have friends who helped talk me through the process, but they weren't transition coaches per se, right? They were just friends, right? So I feel like my bridge was one of those rope bridges across like a rainforest canyon swinging and swaying. <laughs> you know, I'm holding on for dear life to both sides and going, please, God, don't let me fall. Kind right. Of thing, right. And I feel like having someone like you helps take that bridge, that transition, instead of it being a really unsteady rope bridge to something that's a little bit more comfortable, like maybe with some concrete under and around you, you know, <laughs> taking you across, or at least one of those really cool rope bridges, like the San Francisco Golden Gate Bridge or something, you know, at least it's this something more steady, right? Because yes. doing it by myself really felt 
super, you know, difficult. And, and in going through that process, so I know that you said that there's different parts of the transition is the messy middle that you were just talking about. Is that, is that the most difficult part? And why is it the most difficult part for people? That's what I call the evaluation in my process of real first we recognize and then the evaluation in a course that I'm writing. I spent three weeks in evaluation, focusing on the mindsets, the limiting beliefs that we have, and even the wounds of life, the Mm -hmm. wounds that are in our heart, where we've been affected, that are also triggered, come forth in transition that need a season of healing. So you don't go through that transition tunnel with all that baggage because all of that that we have may not fit through that tunnel. Mm. Like we want to leave it behind. And so what we do is we discover all that and the roots and the reasons behind it. Because when you have that aha moment is why your limiting belief, why you think this way about yourself, it's very freeing to really understand it's not you. It's what others have said to you, about you, or over you all of your life. And you've made that your truth. And so when you realize it's not truth, then you're able to dismantle these foundational lies, is what I call them, to empower yourself with truth to help you keep moving. Mm. Yeah, I think that's really important because so few people, and when I point the finger out at the audience saying so few people, remember there's three fingers pointing right back at me in all of this process. The whole, yeah, the whole <laughs> evaluation piece is something that I think is probably the hardest because that's when you're sitting there having to number one, acknowledge, at least for me, number one, acknowledge that I'm having less than positive feelings. Like that whole piece, just the recognizing going, okay, I do not feel good about X, Y, or Z, right? And because I'm a super positive person. And so to actually speak and to be, to recognize that I'm going through some less than positive feelings, it's hard, you know, and it's taken getting some emotional intelligence training for me to get better at understanding what those things are and how, because you said your emotions tell you things. So what are some of the negative emotions that people might be feeling and what should the listener begin to recognize? So if I'm feeling frustration or I'm feeling anger or whatever, what are those emotions supposed to be telling them? Or what do those emotions usually tell somebody? How about that? That's a great question. And that's a big question. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So let's just take frustration. Mm -hmm. I believe like if you're feeling frustrated, a lot of, it could be a lot of different things. Maybe you don't feel like you're being heard or recognized. And so there's the frustration of, does anyone know I'm here? Mm -hmm. The anger can also come from that same place of always being overlooked always being undervalued. You can also be frustrated when you know that there's more to do in life, but you feel stuck in the place that you're at. So you don't feel you're realizing your potential. You're not walking in your higher purpose or your best self. So there's an underlying frustration all the time with other people or even yourself. You could be frustrated at yourself because you don't have the courage or the boldness to move forward. Mm. And so if you get to that place, to really understand your frustration is because you're not allowing yourself to have a voice. You're not allowing yourself to be bold and courageous to take a risk. And so there's always that underlying frustration where we will tend to blame others 
and say, it's their fault. They're not helping me. This isn't happening. But like you said, the three fingers come back. What is it that we're not doing? Or what is it that we're afraid of? Why are we feeling insecure in this particular place? And there's, there's roots and reasons behind all of that. That is like a discovery process and evaluation process that once you can connect that and understand why you're thinking the way you do, it's very freeing. It's just very freeing. I would agree with you on that because once I processed through everything and became who I am now, and not to say that I'm done, you know, I'm, I'm only 43 years old. I, I'm sure I still have future transitions coming my way, but at least now I know when I'm going through one, I know who to call. Right. There you go. And, and so going through that process, once I eventually allowed myself to take the steps that I needed to take, because like I said, there were steps that my transition was like an entire life transition, literally an entire life transition because my career changed, my marital status changed, you know, everything changed all within two years. I mean, it was boom, 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 right? Huge. Short period of time to go through a career shift and a divorce, right? And so going through that process and, but when I came out the other side, you know, so I definitely, I would have to say that my spirit animal right now is probably closest to a butterfly. Cause I feel like that's what happened when I went through that was, mm-hmm. you know, that messy middle that you called it. That was, you know, for people who don't understand what happens to a caterpillar between the time that it becomes a caterpillar and a butterfly. If you've never really studied what happens in that cocoon, the caterpillar literally, and I'm not exaggerating with this, literally melts itself into a sticky, slimy goo and then reorients itself into a butterfly. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when you talk about messy middle, that's how that two-year period (laughs) felt for me (laughs) was I was in the cocoon in that messy, slimy goo trying to figure out, okay, where am I going with this? How am I going to handle this? What am I going to do? You know, all of these questions going through my head and and processing with, let me tell you, there was a lot of wine drunk around fire pits with friends (laughs) processing. (laughs) Process is critical. Thank God for your friends, right? Amen. I had what I called the goddess council. So, and they were called the goddess council not because it was a bunch of women, because I also had male friends who helped me through the process as well. And it was called the goddess council because I was the goddess in the middle <laughs> trying to figure <laughs> out where the hell to go, what to do. <laughs> so I was like, I need all of y'all to help me with this, you know? So, you know, but going through that transition process is it's sticky and it can sometimes be hard. So what I want to point out to the listener is if you guys are really resonating with this the way I did when I was hearing Debbie talk about it on The Nice Guys, because she also talked about the family letter, which we'll get into in just a moment here. But that whole transition conversation really resonated with me because I was like, oh yeah, I just went through that. Man, I bet if I went through it, there's a lot of other people, especially people in my audience who are going through it at the same time. So I want you guys to start recognizing that if you haven't already begun to, if you're not resonating with this, you're probably not in the process of going through transition. Cool. That's great. And be ready because it will happen because I'm guessing women go through multiple transitions in life. Absolutely. You know, there's a quote that says, our life is a story of transition. We're always closing one chapter and moving on to the next. Yeah. 
and what, especially for a woman, the other day I spoke to a group of moms and I said, you know, moms, being a mom is probably like the longest transition time in your life because you're transitioning as your children are transitioning from age to age. There's new challenges, new things being pulled out of you. And so I look at motherhood and go, whoa, that is like the biggest transition. So yeah. even becoming a mother, going through motherhood, and then leaving that season, there's a lot right there in that time frame of a woman's life. And then I love when women get into like their 50s, 40s, 50s, 60s. They're they're looking for their unique contribution now. They're in this mm. new season. Or like in their 60s plus, they're looking for that convergence of all their experience in life. How do I create legacy? How do I impart? How do I influence now? And so we're we're always in a story of transition. And my advice is don't miss the transition. Mm-hmm. Because we learn from them, we grow from them, and we come out better for them. And even the most difficult transitions, and there's some really hard ones like sudden loss and different things like that. It's just like another whole process of grief. You know, some transitions take three months to three years to process based on like what you just said, Jenny, two yeah. years. And that's that's a fact because there's a lot to process in that time and just to give hope that the bridge will take you to another place that is has wholeness for you and clarity yeah. for that next season yeah the other side trust me guys is so worth it <laughs> <laughs> i've got to say going to the other side was so worth it i can't imagine after having gone through the messy middle going back to what i had before Cause it just, it wasn't where I was meant to be, you know, this is where I'm meant to be right now. And that whole idea is super freeing. So I did mention, and we did talk briefly about in your bio, the family letter. Let's talk about this. Cause I love this concept and it's totally different from transition guys. So guys we're transitioning out of transition <laughs> and talking about the family letter. So tell us a little bit about the history of family letter and how it came to be? Well, I'll start off with, I think one of the, I believe is the heartbeat of the book and the heartbeat for us is just human beings. Is I believe there's a deep longing inside all of us to be known, loved, valued, and celebrated. Mm. And when you take that whole thought process, what we did as a family was create what we call the family letter, a very simple tool that actually was the catalyst to fulfill every one of those desires within us as individuals and a family. And my husband and I, we started this when our children, our first two kids were five and seven with the whole concept of teaching our children the power of encouragement, teaching them to understand the power of their words. Like they're either bringing life or we're going to hurt someone. So how can we teach them this? And of course, it's very hard to, I mean, anyone who's raising children, you know, you've got the sibling rivalry and you're, you know, you're always dealing with that. So we came up, what would be the best way we can get them to convey their feelings towards one another? And we came up with this letter. And so, and I want to pause right here because Mm -hmm. whether you're raising your children or you're in that magical season of being a grandparent, this tool is multi-generational. 
It's for the young family who's starting out and grandparents. You could be these legacy creators for your family imparting and starting that. So we decided as a family, Jenny, to do this on our birthdays. What is the best time to get celebrated is your birthday, right? And so it's the most beautiful thing. So in order to teach our children, we gave them a small template of what we felt like you needed to put in the letter because it's hard. You know, what do I put in a letter? You know, what is a letter? What is all of this? And so basically, you know, you're telling the person not just that you love them, but specifically why. Tell them specifically what is it about that person that you love and, you know, celebrate their gifts and their talents. So when kids are little, you know, it's real easy to say, when I watch you play soccer, you run fast. Well, you know what? That is so simple. But to the other sibling, it's like, oh, they think I run fast, you know, and they're learning to value and pull each other's gifts out. And I could say we've been doing this over 35 years now. And basically the whole scenario, Jenny, is we would like say it's my birthday. My three children and my husband each individually write me a letter and all the letters are put in front of me and I pick one up at a time and I read them out loud. And that's the power of it in the community of your family, reading these letters out loud. So the person, of course, who's reading the words is so impacted by it. The person who wrote the letter is impacted hearing you read what their feelings are towards you. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the people at the table, they're like, it impacts everybody, especially like children. When they hear their father, father's words towards their mom in this letter and vice versa, it actually builds security in the heart of that child. Mm-hmm. It builds confidence. It's uh, And it's funny, looking back, I saw that at the time we were doing it, we were just thinking, we're going to teach them about words. But I've seen the fruit and I've seen the connection of the value of these letters. And now we are into my grandchildren are now doing it. My seven-year-old grandchild a couple of years ago said, Nana, do you know what I want for my birthday next year? And I said, no, Kellen, what do you want? And he just threw his hands over his head. I want letters. I want letters. And that goes to show you, no matter how young you are, everybody wants to know that they're known, loved, valued, and celebrated. So we're doing letters for him. And in their own little way, they're doing letters back to us. So like if you have really young children, Like what my daughter does is she'll ask like her four-year-old daughter, what do you want to say to daddy? I love you with all my heart. You know, and Jamie will write that and then Natalie will sign it. Or she'll write out the letters and Natalie will copy them. So you're, you're really teaching them the value of words so much so that they want them too. I think that's beautiful. I absolutely love it. So now I'm going to go get the book because one of my goals this year is to read a certain number of self-development books for business purposes, some books for fun, and also some parenting books. And I think your book is next on my list for parenting books because I love this process and it, it sounds absolutely fabulous. And you know, we've got enough time to enact this in my own family because my kids' birthdays are late summer and late fall. So we've got time to begin to think about this. I have time to read it and figure out, okay, how, how do we implement when, and how does this go? Cause I, I want to do this. This sounds absolutely beautiful as a way to, 
you know, help kids understand that because, you know, I think especially given what we're going through right now, kids especially are feeling very disconnected, especially teenage kids, because they are so socially referenced, you know, to their peers. And so to be able to hear all of these things from family members is going to be very impactful, I think, for them as well. So oh, absolutely. I really appreciate you sharing all of this with us, Debbie. Oh my gosh, I have loved talking with you. And I am so excited to share with everybody that you have a gift for all of our listeners. So tell us about your gift for everybody. Well, it's a wonderful way for you to even know and understand if you're experiencing transition, help identify some of your emotions. It's about eight or 10 questions, and it'll really help you understand what you're experiencing, different questions like that. Mm-hmm. Please take the assessment, and then you have the opportunity. You can schedule a free clarity call with me. I can help you, you know, with maybe on some of those points that you're going through. I think that's really generous of you. Thank you, Debbie, for offering that opportunity. Because guys, if you were listening to the first part of this conversation and and hearing transition and going, oh, that's what's going on in my life right now, definitely go to the website. So you guys all know how this goes. If you've been listening long enough, (laughs) grab your phone, BDSM crew, grab your phone as long as you're not driving click on the episode and scroll up just a little bit and you will see the link that will take you directly to Debbie's transition assessment. And then once you get that transition assessment, you'll have access to her Calendly link, which will allow you to have a conversation with Debbie about your transition situation and begin so she can help you through this. Because right now, if you're feeling like I did a few years ago where I was on that super swingy rope bridge holding on for life that hoping that I was going to make it to the other side. Let Debbie be the person who's going to help strengthen that bridge and make it a little bit easier to cross over guys. Cause you definitely want to make sure that you are not on that scary rope bridge. <laughs> Get someone who knows how to make a great bridge and a great transition from one part of life to the next. So Debbie, thank you so much for your time and your expertise here with everybody. I so appreciate you. Oh, Jenny, I'm so honored and grateful to be here. I appreciate everything about you as well. I wish you the best. Oh, thank you very much. I just love, we're going to have to have you back again because... <laughs> I'm I'm sure there are more things coming through your program that we're going to want to share with the badass audience here. So, well, everybody, you're welcome. Well, everybody, you guys know how this goes. We are now at the end of the episode. So make sure you stay tuned because there's another badass episode on its way. Thanks for listening to the Badass Direct Sales Mastery Podcast with your direct sales dom, Jenny Bellinger. Why are you waiting to go to BadassDirectSalesMastery.com? Don't make the Dom get her whip. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with another rock star that you know in direct sales after you subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. You can also check out the show notes for links and any contact information mentioned in today's episode. We'll see you next time.